In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a, a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name." I read that account from the book of Luke. Last week we read the Christmas account from the book of Matthew. And I look at that and I think, our God is crazy. He's crazy. Who would think to bring the Savior of the world in the way that He chose to do it? And I look at it and go, that's absolutely crazy, God, that you do that. And so last week we took the time to, draw, to jump into the life of Joseph and look at Joseph and go, God, you're crazy as you used this man and how you used him involved in this great event of history. Today I want us to look at Mary because I think when we look at Mary, again, we look at it and go, God, I think you're kind of out of your head. You're crazy, God. And so I want you to watch this and get this thought about Mary. As long as I can remember, we'd been waiting for the Messiah to come for us. My family, our tribe, our whole nation. I always knew that he'd come, but, well, let's be honest. It's not like I'm from Jerusalem or someplace special. I'm just a girl from Nazareth. And everybody knows that not much good comes from Nazareth. Never has. I thought for sure angel had come to the wrong house with his announcement. But if that's what God wanted, well, who was I to tell him he was wrong? And Joseph, well, God bless that wonderful man. He could have joined in with everybody else. He could have had me sent away. He could have even had me killed. But he just never broke the promise to marry me. And so when he had to go to Bethlehem for the census, I was honored to ride by his side. Even with heartburn and bloated cankles and nine months of pregnancy behind me. <laughs> you know those women who try different things to induce labor, like going on frequent walks or eating spicy foods? 
What they should do is go on a bumpy 70 mile trip to Bethlehem. Because not long after I got there, and I'd never done this myself, but even I know it was time. And with every wave of pain, I tried to ignore the fact that my family wouldn't be there to help me. And that I'd be bringing this baby into the world without the familiarity of home. But when Jesus finally came, I forgot all of that, though. I just wrapped him in cloths and tried to make the most comfortable bed I could for him with the only thing I had, which was an animal's feeding trough. Joseph said I should have been sleeping then, but I couldn't stop staring at him. angel had told me about. My heart was so full, I couldn't even find words big enough to express it. I know I'm not the first young mother to bring a child into this world. It's always been that way. But as I look down at my son, My redeemer. I knew that he would change everything because he'd already changed me. It's, it's amazing thought amazing thought to wrestle with what was going on at that time through the eyes of a young lady, Mary. You really start to wrestle with that. I mean, it was a, it was a crazy moment. Can, can you remember back to your teenage days? Now, for those sitting over here, they're like, we're in the middle of our teenage days. I, I'm understanding it. But for the rest of us, can you remember back to those days? I mean, it was an awkward time. Some of you are like, it's not awkward. You'll look back one day and you go, that was weird. You're trying to figure out who you are. You're trying to understand life. Uh, your hormones are doing all kinds of funny things. Your voice and your body is changing, and there's such a hurry to grow up and stay out late and to be on your own and want to get out from mom and dad's roof. Maybe you're a, a junior in high school or a freshman in high school, about the age of 13 or 14, and you're like, this is weird. It was weird for me. I was 6'5 at 14 years old. I was clumsier than an ox, lots of acne issues going on, and could not run hardly to save my life, trying to play basketball as I was tripping over myself, and trying to figure out, who am I, and what is God's plan for my future? I couldn't drive yet, although I wanted to drive. My dad would take me out periodically. Uh, lived at home, wondering how could it be that, that I know more than my parents, and they won't release me. As the teenagers over here. But we went through all that kind of crazy stuff as teenagers. And here's Mary. She's right at that age. 13, 14 years old. Maybe 15. Trying to figure out life. Scripture doesn't tell us all of her emotional stuff she's wrestling through. 
But here she is, and crazy, faithful Mary gets the call to say, you're going to carry the Savior of the world. And her response is, I am the Lord's servant. That's her response. I am the Lord's servant, and may it be to me as you have said. Could you imagine back when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, if God come and said, listen, you're going to do this, and you're going to be part of changing the world. Would your attitude be, God, I'm your servant. Let it happen to me. If it's going to happen to me, in the midst of trying to figure out all that life has to bring, Mary submits herself completely to the will of God and says, God, I'm your woman. I'm your lady. I'm your... I'm your girl. Let me, let me just share two truths this morning with you about Mary. First of all, Mary was a very common, ordinary girl. She could have played in, in the local band. She could have been on the dance team. She could have been part of the soccer team. She could have been that teenager working at the fast food restaurant. She was, not, she was just chosen, but she was not divine. So in our culture today, some people lift Mary up to be divine. She was chosen. See, there's a temptation sometimes to give items of God's creation more significance than we should. Some have done that with Mary and other, and, and other people or things of God. Angels are an important part of God's plan, but they are created by God for one purpose, to serve God and His desires. If they are involved in the lives of humanity, it is because God chose them and God placed them there. So it is God who we honor we don't honor the angels. A national publication came out some years ago, reported that there had been a movement had been born among some Roman Catholics to petition the papal father to declare Mary the co-redeemer, co-redeemer, mediator of all graces, and advocate for the people of God. i got to tell you, Mary played an important role, but she is not a redeemer. Only Jesus is the redeemer. A fellow pastor, Brian Bills, writes that Mary was special, but she has no place in our redemption. It is only by the shed blood of Jesus that you and I can have forgiveness of sin and open access to God the Father. Mary needed to have her sins forgiven just like we do. Don't give to Mary that which belongs to Jesus. Mary played a great role, though, because she brought Jesus into this world. Our Savior. Truth number two about Mary is, is that she was chosen for a very special purpose. We know five things about Mary and one life-changing event. We know that she was a teenager. And I've already said most scholars would say she's sometime between 13 and 15 years of age. We know that she was a virgin. That was pointed out in Scripture three times. So in other words, she's part of a very miraculous gift because she gets impregnated without an intimate relationship with Joseph. She was from a middle-class family. She was engaged to a carpenter. The only way to be engaged in a carpenter would be a middle class because if she was in a high and mighty rich family, she would not even know the carpenters. She was a devout believer in God. She had to be a devout believer in God and say, God, if your will, I'll do it. May it be done as you've said. And she was engaged to be married to Joseph. We know those five truths. And then there's one life-changing event. Mary was approached by the angel Gabriel and given a most shocking message to say, you are highly favored. Now that's good news. 
angel communicates to Mary and says, listen, you're highly favored. In other words, God's looking down and God's very proud of who you are and God wants to use you. And the angel says, the Lord is with you. Now that's pretty exciting news to know, hey, God is with me and I'm highly favored. And then he says, you're going to have a baby. Now that was a problem and probably very scary news. Wait a minute. I, I can imagine her thinking, okay, I like this idea that God sees that I'm highly favored. I like this idea that the Lord is with me. Now, hold on a minute. Now you're telling me I'm going to be pregnant. I'm not ready for that. I still want to just kick the ball out in the play yard, so to speak. I still just want to hang out with my friends. I, I don't know about this baby idea. And the angel tells him, you'll name the baby Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of God. He'll reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will never end. I can't imagine putting myself in her shoes and going, what am I doing? What are you saying, angel? And because I believe our God is a crazy God, he does things that doesn't make sense to our human mind. Is there any wonder why Mary was troubled, as the scripture says? Sure, she was troubled. So if it's true... And it is that, that God chose this regular girl for this great purpose. I, must, I believe we must ask the question, why? God, why did you do it this way? What did Mary have that set her apart from everyone else and led God to chose her? She didn't have an exceptional uh, courage or boldness. Scripture says she was scared. She, was, she had a fear of the supernatural, an angel showing up in her bedroom beyond experiences. If I, it had been me, I'd be in panic. If you ever have an angel show up in your room and you're like, okay, what's going on? It, it would freak us out. She, she had fear of criticism, of gossip, of being excluded. Pregnancy before marriage was a serious offense in that century. And she could have been put to death or Joseph could have put her out and say, we're not going to enter in this relationship. She could be the target of a bunch of scandalous talk. She had fear of how this will change her life. I mean, Mary could not know what the future would hold. Wait, I'm going to carry the Savior world? What does that mean for me down the road? Before it was all over, she would experience heartache and opposition and slander and confusion and anguish and despair and loneliness. And the list goes on of all the emotions she's walked through. She was terrified. In the end, she would face the greatest pain that a mother could ever experience when she endured watching her son be killed on a cross. You think she signed up for that? I don't think she raised her hand and said, let me participate. She said, I'm willing. Fear of being, that Joseph would break off the engagement. And maybe that he even do that gently or that he would do that by putting her to death. Fear of being unable to do what God demands. How in the world does, does one rear the son whose kingdom will never end? How, how do I raise that child? I mean, do you praise him or do you feed him? Or does one spank the Messiah or does one follow him? You start to wrestle with that. I'm, I'm dealing with the Savior of the world and I'm changing his diapers at the same time. Am I supposed to worship him? Is that what I'm supposed to do? I, I believe Mary had one attribute that made her worthy of God's selection. One attribute that all of us can have. She was available. She was available. She could have said, no, God, I am not doing this. No way, Jose, get out of my life. I'm not participating. Choose Jane or choose Susan. Choose somebody else. Don't choose me. 
She was willing, though, to move beyond her five fears into obedience because there was a little bit of craziness about her because she followed a crazy God. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. And she said, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, even though she was fearful and scared to death, she said, God, I'm here, I'm willing. I'm willing. She submits herself completely to the will of God. That's Mary. What about you and me this morning? Put yourself inside of this story. When I read this account in Scripture, it just begs the question of you and I to consider how God might use us if we had the faith of available attitude such as Mary that says, Lord, I am your servant. May it be to you as you have said. How would life change? How would life change? That's why I'm in ministry, because at the age of 18, when God was tapping my shoulder, I said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but okay, I'll just follow. And God has taken us on a great journey of ministry. What journey does God have planned for you? Are you walking this Christmas season where you just kind of keep doing the same thing, keep going to the same job every single day, keep going to school every single day, keep doing the Christmas shopping and the parties, and okay, it's the holiday season? Or have you stopped lately and said, God, what do you want of me? God, what do you have for me? God, what is your will for me? And God, I'm willing to do it, even if that means I'm going to walk away from my six-figure income job, or I'm going to change my career path, or I'm going to change my school direction that I'm on. God, what is it you have for me? I am your servant, and I'll do what you want me to do. Whatever you call me to do, I'm willing to do it. Or this Christmas season, do we just kind of keep on marching to the same old story? Just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Year after year after year after year, we're back into Christmas season. Let's sing the Christmas songs. Oh, it looks so pretty at church today. Let's go home, have some lunch. Let's go shopping. Let's do that again next week. God has a much bigger plan. Is there any chance that you and I could be used in our lives as Mary was in hers? Absolutely there is. But it starts with having an attitude that says, I'm available, and says, yes, Lord. Yes, because God is looking for the same availability in us that was in Mary. We'll have the same limitations and the same fears that she had. Will, will people think I'm really committed? Will people think I'm a Jesus freak, I'm some crazy Christian if I go and do something like that? Yeah, they probably will. Remember Moses? He was afraid of commitment too, but, but Lord, you're going to use me, 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 I, I can't speak. And he still used them. I'm afraid to follow Christ's example. I'm afraid that I may end up lost, or I may end up suffering, or I may end up hardship, or I may end up poor, I may end up in all these kinds of fears. Remember the words of Jesus when he said, and anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I think when we look at the life of Mary, it's a call to say, Mary answered the call, will, will we? Mary answered the call. Some of us are carrying heaven burdens today. Some of us will be lonely this year. Some of us are facing financial crisis that looks hopeless to you right now. Some of us are out of work and don't have a single lead on a good job. Some of us are looking at a marriage that seems worthless and hopeless. Some are estranged from members of our own family. Some have children that are far away from God. Some in this room feel empty and far away from God and yourselves. The God 
The call that God gives you and me is the same call that God gave Mary, even in spite of where our situation is in life today. He's looking for some available people. He's looking for some yes people. Will we bring Jesus into our thoughts and our actions? Will we allow him to be born in us and our walk and in our loyalty that will honor him in that way? Will we bring Jesus into the world by sharing him with others? Will you open your mouth this season and say, I need to tell you about Jesus. Can we have a talk about Jesus? Can I invite you to join me just to hear about Jesus? On your chairs are cards like this. A simple invite I shared with you last week, this Christmas season, Christmas Eve falls on Sunday. So instead of having Sunday morning services, we're doing Sunday afternoon services at 2.30 and 4 o'clock. Why? Because studies will tell you that most people who are not regular church attenders or not churchgoers at all are much more open to to an invite on Christmas Eve in the afternoon. Not in the morning, not later in the evening. And so I encourage you to take a card with you or take five cards. There's baskets around the church, some back here, and say, I want to be an inviter. Are you praying for the people's who, names who are on these sticks that you have written down? As we said, you know, as we expand this building, let's be doing construction in people's lives. Are you praying? You know, last week someone came to me and said, my friends came to church last Sunday and they were on the sticks. It starts with us praying for those people. And what a glorious day it will be when we walk into waters of baptism and say that person's name was on a stick. And we go to battle for people in prayer. A survey was taken that asked the question, what is your greatest hindrance to sharing your faith? The largest response is 51% said the biggest problem was the fear of how others would react. Are they going to get mad at me? Are they going to debate me? Are they going to tell me I'm a fool? What, what are they going to, how are they going to react if I just ask them, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Hey, it's Christmas season. What a simple question to look at somebody and say, hey, Christmas, what does it mean to you? And they say, well, it's about this and this and this. You say, what it means to me is I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate his birth. I celebrate my Savior love to tell you more. Would you come to worship with me? Would you come to my house? Can we go get a cup of coffee? Can I introduce you to Jesus? It's just a fearful conversation that when you take the step and you get a little crazy and you're faithful, God shows up in that conversation. But many times we're scared to death to have the conversation. And so I encourage you, take some cards with you. Take them to your business. Hand them out. Give them to people. Take them to your neighbors. Invite them. You'll see some social media posts. You'll see some invites. Use that stuff. Use it as just a little tool to to open conversations. God's announcement in Luke, it really wasn't about Mary, though. It's really all about Jesus. God's call to you and me really isn't about you and me. It's about the Spirit that is working through us so that we can give glory and honor to Jesus and say, look what God has done. Can you hear God speaking? Can you hear God asking you a question today? The question he's asking all of us is, Christian, are you available? Are you available?